Two small town girls living in a big city, chasing even bigger dreams. Meet your hosts, Kylie Benami and Sophie Longford. These two high fashion models have discovered that life outside of their hometowns isn't so simple. Talking all things fashion, wellness, fitness, and all of the messy things in between. Welcome to the not so simple life. I love it. Hi guys, we have a gorgeous guest joining us in this episode and we know you are going to love her. We are joined by the Real Housewives of Dallas alumni and nurse injector Carrie Duba. I'm so happy to have another Dallas native on here and we've got so many good topics to get into today. From skincare to cosmetic procedures, life on reality TV and more. Let's get this show started. Hello everyone, welcome back. Thanks for being here. We have a Dallas native coming on today, and I'm so excited about it. And Sophie, I'm so excited to get your thoughts about the stereotypes that you think of when you think of Dallas being all the way from the UK. The first thing that comes to mind is definitely horses and cows, and that you will have guns and live on a ranch. Am I getting close? <laughs> Extremely close, spot on. I live on a farm, and I milk my cows in the morning, and I ride my horses to school, and yep, I shoot my guns in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, I was always obsessed with the whole idea of Texas. We had some close family friends who live in Dallas, and they did live on a ranch, so they kind of fit into the stereotype. I mean, for the record, everybody, I do not live on a farm. I do not live on a ranch. I do not have a land. I live right outside of Dallas, and Dallas is a city just like so many other cities, like Chicago, like Miami. It's a big city. It's not as big as New York, but it's a very big city, and the stereotypes are so real. Like, everyone thinks Dallas is something that, to be honest, it's usually not. When I first moved to New York, everyone was like, why don't you have a country accent? And I'm like, okay, I say some things. Like, I say y'all, but not everyone in Dallas has an accent. It's a city. But do you all wear cowboy boots? I mean, I think most everyone has a pair of cowboy boots. For someone like me, where I grew up, like you wear them for like a country concert or something, which is like only every once in a blue just to like get into character. But then there's my dad and he wears them every day. And I mean, they're not as like cowboy looking as you'd think. Like he tucks them underneath his jeans. And so it just looks like a nice kind of dress shoe. But I'd say everyone has a pair, but not everyone wears them all the time. I love cowboy boots. I'd wear them everywhere if I could. I mean, British stereotypes are so far off as well. The only British stereotype that I can think of that is so true is that we all drink an excessive amount of tea and I can confirm that we do because that's literally all I drink when I'm at home it's just like the first thing you ask someone when they come around your house is would you like a cup of tea it's a very accurate stereotype but all the other ones where people are like all British people are so posh and they dress so well and they're so well put together you haven't been to England yeah, I mean, that's why I'm excited to get Carrie on here because I want to hear what she has to say. I want to hear if she thinks on Real Housewives of Dallas, if they depicted the city well, like if they represented what we're all about in Dallas. But are you a Housewives fan is the bigger question. I am. I've watched it every once in a while. I do enjoy it. It's like very entertaining. It's like the Kardashians a little bit, but not. <laughs> I got into Housewives though during quarantine. My mom got me going on it and it's so good. I'm totally hooked. Orange County, New York, and Dallas are the three I watch, and Dallas has a vibe all of its own. So it's going to be so fun getting Carrie on here and getting her thoughts on what's going on in Dallas. Let's get on into this thing. Let's do it. 
We have Carrie Juba in the house. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. How's it going in Dallas? What's going on on that side of the world? It's good here. It's actually a sunny day. It's a little cool out, but it's it's beautiful. <laughs> so Carrie, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and your career and just tell us a little bit about how you became passionate about cosmetic procedures and becoming an injector? Sure. So I started out as just you know, as a nurse, I went to Baylor University undergrad, and then I worked at Baylor University Medical Center in residency type deal in the operating room. So I started in surgery. So I have a surgical background and I did vascular and trauma mostly. I rotated through all the specialties. I liked plastics, but when I was young, I liked, you know, kind of the cool, you know, fun adrenaline of of trauma and that kind of thing. So I did that for a while. And then I fell into plastic surgery. I had a friend who was a plastic surgeon and needed a, a nurse. And so I started doing that. And I started first assisting, meaning like sewing and working the operating room as an assistant for the surgeon. And I went to UCLA and got my first assist and started assisting a lot of different surgeons, mostly plastic. I just loved it. Like I started because I worked for the plastic surgeon and in their office, I started you know, injecting like 17 years ago, probably like when Botox was born kind of into the cosmetic industry. I loved it and just kind of took off from there and have enjoyed it, you know, ever since. Did you maintain this career during your time on The Real Housewives of Dallas? I did. I kept all of my certifications up. I still operated some and I still injected some, not as much as I do now because it was hard with the filming schedule and that kind of thing to be in a million places at once. But I always told them, you know, I have to work certain days of the week because I didn't want to lose my clientele. And I have so many people that I've had for all of those years. What's it like having the practice with your husband in Dallas? Tell us about plastic surgery and cosmetic procedures in Dallas. Dallas is a great place to be in the plastic surgery business and aesthetic business. We have a really great clientele here. I think the busiest markets are probably LA and Florida and Dallas. Do they have a certain aesthetic when it comes to plastic surgery in Dallas? Is it different to LA or New York or somewhere like that? Miami tends to be a little bit more dramatic and less natural. We have a mix in our practice. So it really depends on the patient. Like some of my nurse injectors, we have four right now in our practice. And some of them do, you know, those big, huge lips. And that's what their clientele wants. My clientele tends to be a little bit more natural and a little bit older, but I'm starting to get young ones too. And I, I still like to keep it pretty natural. Well, on the note of young ones, I actually have Botox in my forehead. I can see that. You see that? <laughs> yes. So funny. I can tell by the shine right here. I was like, oh, she has Botox. I just got it done too, like a week Yeah, ago. it looks fresh. I'm a strong believer as well. I've just been convinced from so many that Botox is extremely preventative and will help against wrinkles growing up. But one thing I wanted to ask you that we haven't got into before, some people, especially like a lot of people who are into like clean beauty and all natural products in that world, they'll say Botox are toxic and putting that into your forehead and injecting this stuff is horrible for you in certain different ways. I want to get your thoughts on this. I think there's definitely different schools of thought. And I mean, those are probably a lot of people who they're going to really regret it when they're 60 they're going to look way different than when you're 60. You know, once you hit that mark, you can't go back. So I think that Botox is preventative. It, it does 
decrease the lines. I mean, obviously decreases the motion of your forehead. So as you age, you can't make those frown lines, which then if you don't have Botox, they become permanent and they age you and they are not reversible once you get into your late 40s, early 50s and 60s, it is what it is and the damage is done. So yes, it is botulism. It's a toxin, but it isn't toxic to you. It's something that goes into just the muscle that you put it in. It's not systemic. You know, in all the years I've injected, I haven't had anybody who got sick from their Botox right? or Xeomin or Dysport. I use those three pretty much interchangeably and I've not had a negative experience with it as far as that goes. And what about fillers? Because we recently heard that fillers don't always disappear completely and they can cause pillow face. So what is your thoughts on that? Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I think you've got to go to a good provider and it's frustrating for me. And that's why I built Lemon Avenue too, is because I wanted a place where people can go and get amazing care and the best care in the industry because there's so much bad stuff out there. And and it doesn't matter if they're a doctor, if they're a nurse, it's a skill, it's an art. And I think that the reason I love where I work is because I don't just have one tool in my toolbox. So, you know, there's med spas where they just have basically neurotoxin and fillers and that's it. And so they're going to use that because that's all they have in their toolbox and they want to make money. And that is super irritating to me because a lot of times, I mean, they're doing their patients a disservice. You have to look at the patient and look at the longevity of products and look at exactly what they need and do the right thing for them. And I think, you know, the pillow face look that comes from just these injectors and doctors that like that extreme look. And to be honest, they think want to make a lot of money and overcharge their patients for stuff that they shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. So when people do fillers, then do you recommend that every once in a while they inject the stuff that makes the fillers disappear and start fresh? Or is it almost like a manicure if you keep it up and you keep filling it at the right times, like you can keep what you have? Is it that type of thing? Basically, yeah. I mean, I think it's like getting your hair done, like getting your nails done kind of a thing, except for it's medical. So it's a little bit, you know, but it is something that you should maintain. I don't like to use Hylinex unless I have to, which is the dissolved that dissolves hyaluronic acid-based fillers just because it can eat some of your own hyaluronic acid that your body produces. So I do it a lot in lips and under eyes. Under eyes are a big one that get messed up time and time again and lips, both of those. But I only do it if I have to. Like my clients that I've had for 17 years, I've knock on wood, I've never had to dissolve one of my clients that stayed with me. But if you're bouncing around to injectors, that's where people really get screwed up is when they don't find the best care and then stick with it through the years, because I can, I always tell people stick with me for six months, you know, because people will bounce around trying to find a better price, that kind of thing. And now I have to undo it. I'm seeing a lot of these videos circling around on Instagram now of people doing these procedures and stuff. And I see this one where they have the under eye bags. They're injecting something into it to like fill it out. Is that fillers? So there's a couple of things that I do for under eye. The one that you might be seeing that they're injecting under the eye you can do hyaluronic acid based filler, but you can also do something called PRF, which is platelet rich fibrin. And so that's where we draw your blood and spin it in a centrifuge and pull the fibrin out of your blood, which is like the yellow stuff. And it's kind of at the top of the little container. And then I inject that under the eye. I like doing that kind of as a, you know, it's patient to patient based, but that's 
my preferred thing right now just because it's more natural. And what it does is it helps build your own collagen. So it's using your own growth factors to try and thicken the skin. Because the reason that people have under eye bags a lot of times is just that, you know, this skin is very thin right here. So you can see the vasculature underneath it. So like the veins, and that makes it look dark. And some people are just born with it. And the other way to do it is put filler in here. But I do that on people who have a tear trough right here, maybe have a line between these fat pads, there's a malar fat pad right here, you know, everything starts coming forward as you age, and they separate. And so I like to inject like right through here, but I'm not a huge fan of going over the orbital rim. Well, I know that at Lemon Avenue, one of the alternatives that you guys do instead of fillers at Botox is threads. Can you tell us more about these threads? They seem to be becoming so popular. I know. Yeah, they are. I use PDO threads. They're actually a type of suture that I've used for years in surgery. And they're loaded into cannulas. And so you, there's several kinds. There's ones that pull and give lift. And then there's ones that are just smooth or twists and those build collagen. I've had the smooth ones in my face to try and build collagen because I'm very thin and I lose a lot of volume in my face. The ones that have barbs on them are the ones that I put through little hole back here. Around your jawline. Yeah, and all the way up here and try to get a little bit of lift because as we age, like I said, everything kind of comes forward. Placement with those is really important and as well as picking the right patient. I do those on somebody generally who's in their 40s or younger. So the cat eye, which is becoming a big trend, like Bella has, is that done through threads? You can. You can put a thread through right here up into the hairline and it pulls it up like that. It's quite an intense procedure though, right? I mean, <laughs> I did my eyelids awake, so whatever. <laughs> it can't be that bad then. We give you, you know, we give you Pronox, which is kind of like laughing gas, and we numb the little spots with lidocaine. I personally don't do the cat eye thing. It's not really my clientele that do that. But the other girl in my office, she does them some. The issue with them is they don't last that long and they can break. God, and then you have one droopy eye. <laughs> right. And then you have to come back in and get another one and get another one. Oh, so, God. I mean, you know, you can do it. It's just, you know, it's maintenance. You know, some of that you can do with Botox. If you know what you're doing with a neurotoxin, you can get, you can achieve a little bit of lift out here without putting a thread in your face. You know, I think that that's generally a better option. I feel like it ages people, actually. It does. I think that fillers age people too, if you get too many of them. A good tight ponytail will do the job. It really does. I'll just do this. I'll just pull this up. And then you have it for a day. So good. I love it. You'll have a headache, but you'll have it. Oh, God, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing I want to ask you about, because I know you're such a big proponent, not only for your clients, but for you as well, is the M-Sculpt. Mm -hmm. And you are a big yogi, so of course you're in amazing shape, but you swear that this has made your body even better. Yeah, it definitely amps it up. I mean, I think it's really actually made for people who work out and take care of themselves, and it just gives you that extra boost. I mean, I've had a baby, so, you know, my tummy isn't the flattest tummy around, and I've never had, like you know, genetically, I've just never had like a super ab six pack looking stomach. But the M sculpt has been 
amazing. Like before I go on a vacation, especially if I'm going like to the Seychelles, <laughs> if I'm going to the beach, I, I am sculpt before I go because it makes my abs just so much tighter and popped, like pumped up. Is it painful at all? I mean, you're like, Ugh. like when the, when you have the big contractions with it, you're like, oh my God, it's like doing a really huge sit up. Is it like what I went to? I went to a workout class called electric muscle stimulation. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. Those are like a 10 system. So those are not near as strong. This is something that's like the biggest magnet. Oh my God. I still couldn't walk after that. Yeah. Were you really sore? I was so sore. My ass has never felt so bad in my life. I literally could not walk yeah. for about five days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like that. I never get, you get a little bit sore, but it's not terrible. Is there anything looking back that you wish you would have known before any treatments that you've ever done? Like something that you would tell someone who's going into any treatment that should, you know, have some caution about? You know, I think, again, it just know your provider, make sure they know their stuff, which is, is hard in today's society, just with social media and everything, because you never know who to believe. Also, just I still think less is more and you can do it incrementally. Like you don't need to do two syringes of filler in your lips right off the bat, right? Like just do one and then maybe come back for a touch up. I think just just doing it incrementally to make sure that you get the result that you want. Yeah, love that. All right, let's get into skincare. What is your routine that like? Well, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm good about doing my skincare, but I don't want a lot of steps. So I think it's annoying to have to put on, you know, a million different things on your face. So I use Glycleanse, which is from our private line. And it's basically glycolic acid cleanser, usually once a day. And I have it even in my shower and just clean my face with it. Do you cleanse in the morning or night? I mean, I wash my face both morning and night, but sometimes I'll use our Sensa Cleanse, which is our more sensitive cleanser. To be honest, I can use Glycleanse twice a day, but people who don't use glycolic acid all the time, it might dry your skin out. You know, I use that once a day, but I always wash my face. Like I wash my face in the morning and I wash my face at night. And then I'll put H2O Glow on, which is one of our moisturizing products from our line. And sometimes I'll mix that with the SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, just like some vitamin C. And then during the day, I always wear a sunscreen, like a tinted sunscreen. We have one in the Lemon Avenue line that I really like, the Daily Glow. It just has like a nice tint to it. So what about your husband? Because I'm just trying to get my boyfriend more into the skincare. Good luck. It's impossible. What does he do? He works in plastic surgery. I'm sure he's got to care a little bit, right? No, I have to like tie him to a chair. I try to get him to do Botox. He does it like twice a year, maybe. They just don't care. No. And he has great skin. He's 53 and his skin is fantastic. And you know what it is too with guys is they're shaving their faces every day. So they're exfoliating, mm. you know, their face a lot more than we do. Now I'll put moisturizer on him. I will literally crawl on top of him in bed and, and put it on him. I don't know what it is. They just don't. They're just they, stubborn creatures. They don't care. He still hasn't even gotten a laser and we have like a million dollars of lasers. <laughs> he's got it all there and he still doesn't use it. I know. Oh he gets God. M. He does do M-Sculpt. Okay. Yeah, they care about their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, the face doesn't matter. All right. Well, no. tell us how you got introduced to Housewives and was it a yes from the start for you? Actually, a friend gave my name. I was not looking to do anything like that. I've never been, I think I was probably the only one who had never been on TV or done anything like that. My friend gave my name and number and they, these people called me and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll do a Skype. Or, and then I kept doing all these Skypes and then um, one day they just, you know, showed up with cameras and that was kind of it. I definitely was nervous and I had 
hesitation. You know, season one, we didn't know that it was a housewives, but I did it banking on the fact that I thought that it would be. Wait, that's so interesting. Yeah, they. I think they were looking at doing, you remember that Ladies of London show, like in terms of Juliet on there. I think that at first they were thinking maybe to expand that, like Ladies of, but then that got canceled. Okay. What was it like being on reality TV? Like I want to hear like some <laughs> great parts and some parts that really just wrecked your world a little bit. Yeah. You know, for me, I like talking to people. I like being entertaining. It was fun. As far as that goes, like, because I'm, I'm pretty witty, funny, like I think that aspect I enjoyed was just kind of entertaining, knowing that I was entertaining people. I think that the hard part was, I guess, never doing it before. I feel like a lot of some of the girls had more experience with reality TV. I think I was a little naive and thinking, oh, it's just going to be fun and show my real life and my family and my career. You know, that's not what it's really showcasing. It's more your relationships and interpersonal workings with with the girls, with the, the cast members. It was season one, I didn't know anyone. So everybody, it was two and two and me. I think I got off to a, a harder start than probably everyone else because I didn't have a buddy. I didn't know anyone. I mean, I'd met Leanne, but we weren't friends. So it was really odd to be put I guess, in that situation, I think I would have been a lot more comfortable if I had had like a, a bestie. Sure. I learned a lot about myself. I definitely <laughs> learned about a lot about other people and things that I didn't even really want to know about other people, I think, because I always look for good in people and assume the best. I try to do that. I feel like that was probably not... <laughs> the way to go. Right. Was it hard to totally be yourself from the very beginning in front of a camera? Because I know even at like shoot sometimes I turn it on and I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's one thing I'm good at is just kind of being myself no matter where I am. Definitely. I think that there was an intimidation factor, but that was mostly coming from my castmates, not the camera. So the, the cameras never bothered me. Like that's never been an issue for me. And I don't mind. I am who I am. I don't really care what people think. I think that's really important. If you're going to do a show like that, you just have to go with it and be like, you know, this is who I am. If you don't like it, I don't care. Did you ever get a choice if there were times where you didn't want to be recorded? Like maybe you needed some privacy for just a second. Could you ask them to turn the cameras off or did they not like that? And they were like, no, we have to record all of this. I mean, I've run inside my bedroom before and locked the doors. And they can't come in. All right, that works. That, that was only one time because it was something like that was totally not related. I pretty much showed everything. I never shied away from it. I think you're doing your fan base a disservice if you do that. Right. I've never had anything to hide. Like, I don't mind people knowing about my family or my kids or we're good people. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have anything to hide. Now, I think because of that, they kind of stirred up drama and that kind of thing. Because my husband and I truly are best friends and we have a really good relationship. And I'm a really good stepmom and a good mom to my kid. And I think sometimes when you don't have that yourself, you throw rocks, you know. Of course. Well, you brought up the intimidation factor coming from the other women. So is there like a hidden competition between all of you? I was not part of it, but yes. Mm-hmm. They're very competitive. They they want to be famous. They don't care. So how much extra drama is brought to your life when you're on Housewives? I I know like you would sit out of it as much as you could, but it brings a lot more, no? A lot. You know, I appreciate doing it. Like it was, I would not take it back. 
for a minute. Like I'm so glad I had that experience because I took away so much and learned so much. And, you know, there were fun aspects of it. You know, we we did fun things together, but there was definitely that component of anxiety for me. And I'm a tough chick. Like I, I run a huge business. I'm like out of everyone, you know, I'm definitely the hardest working in a sense. I go to an office, right? And and manage people. Like I, we have 30 people working for us. So, you know, I, I think I have like more of a business sense and a business mind. And it was hard for me to, I guess, relate. And I think it was hard for everyone else to relate to me. But the intimidation factor was not something that you would see like in the business world as much. It was more of a, like in a social circle that I'd never experienced before. So I think it was just very new for me and awkward. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And that's what's entertaining to watch is just the struggles with each other, I guess. Sure. Do you reckon you would ever consider returning? I mean, maybe you never know. Like I never say never under a certain circumstance of some type, you know, you never know. If you did, would you do anything differently or you have no regrets? No, I would. I wouldn't be intimidated. You know, I wouldn't let anybody push me around. I don't think I would have the anxiety level because I, you know, I learned a lot about myself and I'm like, you know, it just need to stand my ground more. And I, I think I did to an extent, but I think that I would do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. People would appreciate that though, because when you sense that from any housewife on any of the shows, it's so great and refreshing. Like Leah on New York, right? She's just like so unapologetic. And I love that. And I feel like I was always very unapologetic, but there were things that I should have said that I was intimidated or actually I would say not intimidated, manipulated by other cast members. And I didn't know it was happening really until after I was off the show and I sit back and I'm like, wow, like, how did I not see that? Like you can get blinded. And that for me, that would not happen again. Learned from that. Well, do you feel like they (laughs) depict Dallas right on the show? I'm in a totally different social circle with the exception of Cameron and Carrie than the other girls. So I don't know, maybe that you know, part of it depicts their part of Dallas and some of my part of Dallas. You know, I mean, you know how it is. Dallas is a very small town. And I think that everybody kind of hangs out in little different small circles, if that makes sense. Well, I was explaining to Sophie because she's from London and everyone has a stereotype about Texas from Europe. They think we are on our ranches, shooting uh-huh. our guns. I'm from Connecticut and Ohio. When I moved down here, I was like, mom, am I going to have to get a horse and ride it to school? <laughs> yeah. Like that's legit what I thought. That's the number one stereotype, I swear. Horses to school. But it's appealing. Like, it makes me want to go there. It is. But it's very cosmopolitan now. You know, it's, it's a melting pot. If you could be part of any other housewives cast, which city would you want to join? Wouldn't everybody say Beverly Hills? <laughs> I love Orange County. I don't know why. Yeah, that'd be fun too. They're fun. I think that's why I like them. I'd probably do the California thing. Even though I'm from the East Coast, I think it'd be fun to learn kind of West Coast because I haven't really spent that much time there. Well, on another note, how do you and your husband balance your work life with your home life? Because obviously those are extremely intertwined too if you work side by side. I think we're very efficient. And I think part of it is that, you know, we work together prior to being together. So when we're at work, it's work, it's not home life. So it's really kind of unrelated when it comes to that. And, you know, when I'm injecting, he'll come in and see my patients and clear them and that kind of thing. But we don't work together on top of each other unless we're operating together. But we work well together. Did you find that the show had any sort of negative impact on your relationship or didn't affect you guys? I would say it didn't affect us As a couple, I will say it was hard because of the added stress. You know, like think about when you have 
added stress that you come home, you've had a bad day, and then your kid does something, you know, <laughs> to irritate you, and then you go like off the charts faster, right? It's kind of like that. And he went through it. Like, I think he had it worse than I did. I felt really bad for him. And I felt kind of guilty. You know, there was a moment of guilt for sure that you know, I did this and brought him into it. And it, it always amazed me because I'm like, you guys know like what he does and who he is and that he's like a genius. I could never like that was one thing. And I still haven't wrapped my head around the fact that like you talk to a surgeon that way. Like what? He was a, an investment banker at Bear Stearns for three years and he went to, you know, these amazing like Ivy type colleges and is like legit IQ genius. And then he's sitting there on a stage with these girls, like having these conversations. And I'm like, my mind is blown. Do you not feel awkward? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, I'd be so embarrassed. I can't even imagine. It's just, it's just a different world. Well, speaking of Mark, you've always posted about Mark's margarita. And I just want to know, is tequila like your go-to if you're having a drink? Hmm. I mean, I, if I'm going to have a cocktail... I do love a skinny margarita, but I do drink them at home quite a bit, and his are really good. So when I'm out, I usually just do vodka soda Woo! with an orange <laughs> slice. Kylie's team is spicy mug, and I'm skinny bitch. Wait, so did you know that vodka soda is called skinny bitch? I didn't. You probably looked at me then when I shouted that out, like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, but it makes sense because, I mean, that's – Partially why I drink them because they have way less calories than any other cocktail. Because it's just full crown water. <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't mess around. I want to eat my calories because I love food. Exactly. So like to drink them, I'm like, eh, I'd rather eat them. So what is to come for you in 2021? Gosh, who knows, right? I mean, nobody saw this the whole year coming. It's insane where we are right now. But I think I have some really cool new things in the works that I'm excited about. So we'll see. I think anything is possible. And our business is just continuing to grow, which is fantastic. Lastly, we want to know what three products or gadgets you can't live without. It can be anything. Hmm. It has to be like a thing, not people. Because I would say like friends, family, and sunscreen. Sunscreen. So that's one. We love that. Probably my vibrator too. For that love that. Which one do you use? <laughs> I, I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's really great. Plugs into the wall if that tells you anything. Rechargeable. Yeah, no, you don't want a rechargeable one because if you have to change the batteries in the middle, it's like the worst thing ever. All right, so you need the charger, the vibrator, and sunscreen. Mm -hmm. yep, Those are the three. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the womanizer is the good one. Yes, that's it. Oh, Kylie, you have that one too? <laughs> <laughs> Take notes, everyone. See, if we're being honest, I'm always honest. <laughs> same, same. Amazing. Well, Carrie, if you want to share all of your social media handles, tell people where your business is, where they can find you. Sounds good. Yeah, so it's just at Carrie Duber, so C-A-R-Y. D-E-U-B-E-R. It's a little tricky spelling. At Carrie Duber for Instagram and, you know, basically everything. And then check out uh, LemonAvenuePlasticSurgery.com. With two M's, people. Mm -hmm. L-E-M-M-O-N. I know, we'd have like nothing easy in spelling. <laughs> Amazing. We've loved having you on. Thank you so much, Carrie. Oh, thank you, guys. So you've reached the part of the episode where we're going to answer two questions that you've sent into our Instagram. Let's just get right into it. The first question we have is, do you use self-tanner and do you have a favorite brand? So I do occasionally if I'm on holiday, for example, because I just feel so much hotter when I have a tan. Don't you feel the same? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I'm becoming more and more conscious about going in the sun and damaging my skin. So I've been playing around with self tanner every now and then. And the one I use is Bondi Sands. It's the dark color. I don't put it on my face though, because fake tan always makes me break out if I use it on my face. And so I'll just use like a darker foundation and bronzer for my face. But yeah, I am not a fan of self tanner. I love my white sheets way too much. And they always <laughs> shed off on my white sheets. And I love a good sweaty workout in the morning. And I feel like that always makes makes me sweat it off in uneven ways too. So I'm not the biggest fan for me. I'm a big fan of adding like some bronzing drops to my moisturizer sometimes or just adding a little bit of bronzer on my face, but I'm not a fan of the self-tanner. But I do know girls who love it and it looks amazing. Everybody talks about tan lux drops. I've heard that one's really, really good. All my Australian girls were using that when I was there and they looked super nice. Australians, they're so tan and blonde and beautiful. Oh my God. Okay. So the second question that was sent in, if you could be on any reality TV show, which would it be? This was such a fitting question for this episode. For me, I don't know if this is exactly reality TV. I feel like it's like half reality TV, half game show, but I would be on Big Brother. Have you ever watched it? Yeah, I was going to have the same answer. No, really? Well, I wanted to do it when I was like 10 years old. My feelings have changed somewhat now. I don't know. I would still do it. Like, yeah, you'd go a little crazy in there, but oh my God, I think I'd kill it. I think it'd be good on Big Brother. (laughs) I'd watch you on Big Brother. Thank you. I'd vote for you. Oh, no, you know what? In Dancing with the Stars, I would love to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, Dancing on Ice. That was always a dream. On Ice? Maybe this is a British thing. They had Dancing on Ice and it was like Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars and they did it on an ice skating ring. Look, if you hear us, sign us up. Dancing with the Stars, Big Brother, and Dancing on Ice. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. We love you guys. Thanks for being here. And if you are enjoying these episodes, don't forget to click that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you guys have any questions that you want answered on the show, send us your questions on our story highlight on our Instagram page. We are on the at the Not So Simple Life podcast, and we will see you all next Tuesday. 